This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Huzo. Huzo is an acronym for human sound. Huzo delivers uniquely enhanced human toning sounds through headphones as well as through pads placed on your major acupuncture meridians on your body, which are your wrist and your ankles, thereby introducing a specific modulated frequency that are balancing and harmonizing throughout your body. One session takes about 30 minutes, and during that time, a strange series of tones create a natural resonance in your body that Huzo claims counteracts the harmful EMFs, toxins, and stresses you are exposed to during the day or just normal living, all while balancing the body, leaving you with a clear head, improved health, better sleep, and the feeling of calmness and well-being. You can try one at www.thisishuzo.com slash rebel. Use the code REBEL25 to save $25. The folks at Huzo even have a great payment solution for you with terms up to 12 months. Check it out. I highly recommend this machine. It has changed my life and calmed me out. Thank you and enjoy this episode. The amount of sugar that the average American consumes in one week today is more than what our great-grandparents consumed in a year in the 19th century. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. And happy end of February. Spring is coming, believe me. But I was reading an article the other day that the failure rate for New Year's resolutions is said to be about 80%. And most lose the resolve by mid-February. So congratulations, if you're still working on your New Year's resolutions, you are in the upper 20% of the world. If you made a New Year's resolution. I'm still working on mine. And, uh, you know, that's a work in progress. But at any rate, I'm glad you could join us today on today's episode. I have a very special guest once again. Dr. Russell Jaffe is back. And... We are going to discuss the eight predictive biomarkers for lifetime health. And this is a great episode because Dr. Russell Jaffe believes that these three eight tests that we are going to discuss, most of them are blood chemistry labs, but biomarkers, all the same, are the eight blood markers that we need to be most concerned about that will keep us dancing to 125 and beyond. So please join me in dancing at 125 years of age and enjoy this episode. Dr. Russell Jaffe 
received his BS, MD, and PhD from the Boston University School of Medicine in 1972. He completed residency training in clinical chemistry at the National Institute of Health, 1973-1976, remaining on the permanent senior staff until 1979. He is board certified in clinical pathology and in chemical pathology. He is considered one of the pioneers of integrative and regenerative medicine since inventing the world's first single-step amplified ELISA procedure in 1984, a process for measuring and monitoring all delayed allergies, Jaffe has continually sought new ways to help speed the transition from our current healthcare system's symptom reactive model to a more functionally integrated, effective, and compassionate system. Perk Integrative Health is the outcome of years of Dr. Jaffe's scientific research. It brings to market three decades of rethinking safer, more effective, novel, and proprietary dietary supplements, supplement delivery systems, diagnostic testing, and validation studies. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did recording it with Dr. Russell Jaffe. In my opinion, he is by far one of the most intelligent men in the medical industry on the functional side. And I really enjoy picking his brain and getting feedback from him for my own practice. And I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Thank you and much love. Dr. Chappie, welcome back to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me back. Happy New Year to you, sir. It is a New Year. Uh, it is a good New Year, and I'm a New Year's baby, by the way. A New Year's baby? Were you really? Okay. How were your holidays? Good? They, they were terrific. They were quiet. I, I don't do a lot of you know late night celebrating. I'm kind of more a farmer or a monk, early to bed, early to rise. But I get up before most people. And I have several quiet hours where I can think my own thoughts before, you know, emails and or other distractions begin. And I'm very grateful for restorative sleep, for eating within my nature, for having lost the weight that I lost that I will not find again, and how much better I feel and function. Uh, getting in 10,000 steps a day somehow, because walking turns out to be a really good mobility is a really good thing for human beings to do. Just standing upright for five minutes an hour reduces, you know, sitting is the new smoking and sugar is the new tobacco. But if you get up out of your chair for five minutes and have a whole piece of fruit or vegetable rather than a, you know, sugar laden or artificially sweetened something, uh, you too can have more energy. You can be more resistant and resilient to the stresses of high-tech living. You can help get the bad toxic matter out of your body because we're marinating in a sea of toxins. It's the 21st century. Get used to it. Exactly. That's 100% correct. Actually, 110%. I'll give you an extra 10. (laughs) Today, we're going to go a little bit back in time to April 21st of 2016, where at the Silicon Valley Health Institute, you gave this lecture Health for Life, 
evidence to support predictive biomarkers for lifetime health. So before we dig into the subject of predictive biomarkers for lifetime health, I have to say this is an important subject, first of all, and one that many people need to hear, but also that I hope we could, you and I could provide a couple key takeaways for the listeners. One is that I would like to empower the listeners to be able to ask their primary care physician to actually run these biomarkers. Also, because I look at a lot of blood chemistry markers of a lot of clients, and quite honestly, some of these markers that we'll be discussing this today are not often ran by the primary care physician, one. And some of them we will be discussing, the primary care physician will look at you like you have a third eye on your forehead when you ask for these markers. Am I correct? Well, yes, you are largely correct. Uh, doctors learn a lot about pathology and very little about physiology. And here we're really talking about epigenetics. We're not talking about genomics and genetics. We're talking about everything other than the DNA, which turns out to be 92% of your lifetime health quality or disease risk. 92% is epigenetics. And we screened 100,000 lab tests and we came down to eight that we can talk about in a few minutes. But these eight cover all of epigenetics. And we even know for each one of them what the best outcome goal value is, the one that gives you the highest probability of living 10 or more years. And the difference can be 99% probable living 10 plus years or one in 10 living 10 plus years. The difference is dramatic. It's a million extra deaths a year in America due to the consequences of diabetes, nutritional deprivations, and the distress of the medical care system. Diabetes kills and costs, but diabetes is a choice. If you keep your blood sugar in the healthy range, and by the way, you're sweet enough as you are, you should keep your blood sugar in the healthy range by having no added sugar. You can get plenty of sweetness from whole fruit and whole vegetables and other whole foods. But whether it be an artificially sweetened product or a sugar-sweetened product, it, it depletes your health. It doesn't add to your nutrition. It doesn't add to your energy or vitality. And it slowly erodes you into chronic ill health. All right. Before we move on to the eight biomarkers, though, I really want to set something apart here. And that is... Normal levels versus our optimal ranges, or in this case, the range that we want to be at, the marker level that we want to be at to live this long life. Now, when we talk about optimal ranges, I think we're playing, paying tribute to Professor Emmanuel Cheraskin and his colleague, Bill Ringsdorf, uh, because they pointed out that healthy people, and they defined healthy people in a very careful way asymptomatic by Cornell Medical Index. So imagine taking a long questionnaire and the answer to every one of the questions is no symptoms, no problems. So they did this on thousands of people and then they took the results from the people who had no symptoms, the asymptomatic people, and they published what they called optimum ranges. Okay. Or for the tests that were generally used at that time. For example, blood sugar and insulin, but not hemoglobin A1C. 
Whereas hemoglobin A1C is a much more predictive measure. It is the gold standard today. It's not perfect, but it's still the gold standard of average extra sugar in relation to risk of diabetes. Hmm. So they did compute optimum ranges, but for tests that I think have been outmoded, like cholesterol, LDL, HDL, I do want to know your oxidized cholesterol or your oxidized LDL, your damaged fats, because that's where the risk is. But half of the heart attacks occur in people with cholesterol is above 200, half occur in people below 200. Half the heart attacks occur in people with LDLs above 100, half occur in people below 100. So what's the significance of those numbers? Well, what I was told by a very famous uh, NIH cardiologist is those are easy numbers for doctors to remember in order to write the prescription. I said, well, what if you wanted physiology before pharmacology? And they said, well, you'd be in the minority. I said, well, minority today, majority tomorrow. Exactly. So let's jump in to the deep end of the pool here. Sure. What are these eight tests? Right. Now, some of these are familiar, like hemoglobin A1C is commonly done today, although we're going to interpret it to best outcome values in a, in a minute or two or a few minutes. So the first is hemoglobin A1C. The second is high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, commonly called HSCRP, because we like acronyms. High-sensitivity C-reactive protein is HSCRP, not to be confused with just CRP. You need the high-sensitivity version. The next is plasma homocysteine, not serum, but plasma homocysteine. That's an amino acid that predicts cardiovascular and all-cause morbidity mortality. Then the LRA, lymphocyte response assay, that says, are you tolerant to the foods and chemicals you get exposed to, or do you have delayed immune reactions that are depleting you? Okay. Then you move on to morning urine pH after rest. Then you move on to vitamin D level, the 25-hydroxy-D. And then there's only two more. One is the omega-3 index. What is your balance of essential fats, omega-3 to omega-6? And the last is unusual to many people or uncommon. It's a urine test called A-oxoguanine, and it says how much oxidative damage is being done to your DNA. And the answer that what you prefer is as little as possible or none, but many people need more protective nutrients like ascorbate and buffering minerals to protect their DNA. And this A-oxoguanine urine test is a measure of that. So there are eight of them. We've just gone over the eight tests that cover all of lifestyle habits and can be influenced by your habits of daily living. Okay. Now let's break this down a little bit and talk about optimal levels or, or target levels that we want to sure. see. And sure. then maybe we can go over some lifestyle things that will help that level, maintain that level to uh, that level. Now, one of the ones that I, this is one test, the first one which is A1, hemoglobin A1C, right? I see so many lab markers or lab results come in without that doctors even running that on a normal lab test. The American Diabetes Association and others now say for sure, and this includes NIH, hemoglobin A1C is more predictive, more valuable, more useful than measuring blood sugar or insulin. And I can explain that very quickly. Many people are familiar with the fact 
of what's called white coat hypertension. That is, when you go to the doctor, your blood pressure goes up and you see people in white coats. Well, there's also white coat hyperglycemia. When you see people in white coats, your adrenaline and stress hormones go up and your transient blood sugar goes up, but at home, your average blood sugar might not be up. So hemoglobin A1c definitely to be measured. And we know that the best outcome goal value is less than 5%. Okay. And you can get to less than 5% by having a whole foods diet, foods you can digest, assimilate, and eliminate without immune burden with no added sugar. Okay. You're All sweet right. enough as you are. I think I said that before, but you are. <laughs> and therefore, and, and, and this is another little fact, the amount of sugar that the average American consumes in one week today is more than what our great-grandparents consumed in a year in the 19th century. It's a sad truth. It's a sad truth. Sugar is everywhere. And what I say is, Stop with the packaged goods, stop with the convenience foods, stop with the fast foods, because they all look like food, and they may even addict your taste buds and taste good to you until you actually get back to real whole foods, uh, and go back to your kitchen. Go back to products where everything on the label is something you understand. Come to my kitchen. What you'll see is a lot of staples. And, and no plastic, no packaged goods, nothing that looks like food, but is really highly processed, extruded, crisped, and or manipulated. So you can get your hemoglobin A1C to less than 5% by just eating a diet that is healthy and whole. Healthy and whole, okay. It's not easy, but you can because you, you go to the market. And why, what I was taught by Beatrice Trump Hunter is you shop around the perimeter of the market, and that's where you might find food. If it's down the aisles, it's packaged goods, and it looks like food, but it's not. It's, it's got too much of the bad stuff and not enough of the good stuff. 100% correct, my friend. Well, so far, I'm scoring pretty well. I yeah, you are. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. Yes, yes. Now, this C-reactive protein, and more specifically, the high-sensitivity version of C-reactive protein, was put on the map by Paul Ridker and Nader Rafai, initially as a cardiac risk marker, but now, over time, shown to be an all-cause morbidity mortality marker, where the low end, the high-sensitivity low end, is critically important. And you want your HSCRP to be less than 0.5, less than 0.5. And healthy people have less than 0.5. People with repair deficit known as inflammation, people with chronic disease and autoimmune conditions have higher HSCRPs, and we help manage that with a combination of diet and supplements. Okay. So you beat inflammation and you repair, you restore tolerance and have autoimmunity go away when you follow this program. All right, the next one is homocysteine. Which uh, is why you're going to explain this, though. I want you to give the listeners a little bit about methylation, too. Yes, I'm happy to. Thank you. Uh, so homocysteine in the late 1960s, Kilmer McCulley and others showed that when you were at risk of hardening the arteries, atherosclerosis, coronary disease, peripheral vascular disease, stroke, little things like that, your plasma homocysteine would go up. Now, who is, what is homocysteine? It's an amino acid. 
it's related to methionine and the relationship or the proportion of methionine to homocysteine tells you how your methylation is doing. And I'm going to tell you why methylation is important in a minute, but you want your methyl, you want your methionine to be up and your homocysteine to be down. Now, what's unique about methionine? Well, it's got sulfur in it, and that sulfur helps with these methyl groups transfer. So sometimes you want more methyl groups, sometimes you want less. It's always the Goldilocks scenario. Not too little, not too much, just right is just right. And just right means that your methionine is up and your homocysteine is down. Now, what would make your homocysteine go up and increase your risk? Well, a lack of B-complex, B6, B12, thiamine, riboflavin, etc. Um, lack of magnesium, which makes the cells too acid and all of metabolism begins to collapse. Okay. So very important to keep your plasma homocysteine and the goal value is less than six, which means you will not have uh, accelerated cardiovascular risks and your probability of living 10 or more years is well above 98%. Okay. And what is this, what is the measurement of, of uh, homocysteine? Well, it's a plasma measurement, so you have to draw the specimen and spin it quickly so that you take the plasma off and not the red cells which have homocysteine that can leak out of the red cells during clotting or other standing around. Okay. And in fact, the better labs will say that they must draw and process the specimen within half an hour or 20 minutes in order to get a reliable homocysteine in the plasma. Okay. So technique, uh, accuracy, uh, precision, very important and all taken into account and rolled into the predictive biomarkers at best outcome goal values. Okay. Now this next one, which is... LRA. LRA, which you developed the ELISA Act, right? I did. I did. I developed a bunch of tests, but the one we're talking about... But for this test, first, right. Yes, for this test, it's the first one-step amplified immune functional procedure. So it turns out there are many delayed pathways. Some have to do with antibodies. Those are known as B cells. Some have to do with what are called immune complexes. Others have to do with what are called T cells. When you're tolerant, when you're tolerant, you have no delayed allergies and your lymphocytes do not wait for the invasion of some foreign substance. Okay. But most people, and we can now test for up to 500 different substances on barely more than an ounce. We can test for 300 cell cultures with very high precision, less than 3% variance on over 4,000 consecutive blind splits. For any test, a less than 3% precision is very good. Reproducibility is excellent. For a cell culture, it's unprecedented. So we combined for the first time, and uniquely, an amplified procedure, that's the ELISA part of the ELISA Act, with a cell culture. Now, people had done cell cultures before, and they had done many amplified procedures before, but none of them combined the two in such a way that in one step, not five steps, much more precisely and reproducibly, we can find out what foods, chemicals, medicines, or toxic substances you get exposed to that cause your immune system to get all riled up, that, that promote defense activity, 
that reduces repair ability. And by the way, at night, when you're getting your restorative sleep, your immune system, your immune defense and repair system is supposed to circulate and eliminate any abnormal cells, also known as cancer cells. So it's kind of important to keep your immune system tuned up. And yes, during the day, it may do some defense work, but most of us have maldigestion, dysbiosis, enteropathy, problems of digestion and the microbiome that increasingly we now know impact both the gut nervous system and the central nervous system for everything from mood to um, ability to concentrate and learn, endurance uh, for physical, mental, and emotional endurance. There's just a lot of benefits that come from healthy digestion. But finding a person with healthy digestion today is actually very unusual. It's like a needle in a haystack. Well, what we say is start with a self-test, a simple self-test of digestive transit. So you take charcoal capsules with a glass of water and you mark the time. And when the black crumbly stuff comes out of your tush, you mark the time. And the difference is your transit time, your digestive transit time. And it should be 12 to 18 hours. Okay. Okay, that's but it cool. Can be, but it can be anywhere from 36 hours, which is a day and a half, all the way up to a week. So sometimes people say to me, but doctor, I'm regular. I go to the bathroom every day. I say, congratulations. But did it come in last night or last week? Okay. Now, this is one of those tests that the doctor will look at you like you have a third eye. Well, doctors don't know much about functional tests in general. And they know less about lymphocyte response assays, LRA cell cultures. But that's why we have the PIH Academy to certify colleagues who want to get educated in a post-postgraduate frame with continuing education credits. It's why Health Studies Collegium does the outcome studies that we've done. And using this approach, the LRA by ELISA Act and its plan, we have the best outcome community-based studies in type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, fibromyalgia, muscle pain, adrenal dysfunction. And the approach that we take can be used to document any of what we would call the repair deficit inflammatory conditions or the self-attacking autoimmune conditions. Okay. I want to talk about what to do to keep this level down. But before we do, where can people go or listeners go to find somebody to run this test for them. Right. Well, they're welcome to contact ElizaAct.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-A-C-T.com online, ElizaAct.com, or call a toll-free number in North America, 800-525-7372. And anyone there in customer service will be happy to ask your zip code and we'll give you two or three physicians who are certified or trained near you uh, who would be knowledgeable about the test and, 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 and how to do it properly. And, and most importantly, what to do with the results so that you get healthy. Okay. Now, there's also for consumers who want to be their own doctor with some help and interpretation. There's an uh, online portal. Uh, it's betterlabtestsnow.com betterlabtestsnow.com, and consumers can go there, select the test they want, have the test performed, and then a counselor will interpret the health implications of the test. Will not diagnose or treat disease, but will tell you what you're deficient in and how to get it from diet or supplements in safer and more effective, more bioavailable forms. Okay. I have that on my website under my toolbox. Oh, great. 
So it's there in the toolboxes and you can look it up there. But I will include those links and the phone number in the show notes. Thank you. What about how to keep this level down? Well, yes. You see, if you uh, are willing to eat the whole foods and substitute for the ones that are currently causing burden on your immune system. So let's say we do 300 cell cultures, which we can do easily on one ounce of blood. We might find a dozen, maybe a little more than a dozen, a little less than a dozen. Out of all of those items, only a few are really burdening your immune system. And then we have a 30-minute free consultation to explain to you what to do with the results, that is, how to substitute so you won't get hidden exposures to the things you react against, how to strengthen your digestion, what targeted supplementations, what mental and physical activities will evoke your healing responses. And all of that comes back as a free interpretation along with the test results so that both the consumer and the doctor can understand the meaning and the action plan to, to, to take action with. Okay. Let's talk about whole foods a minute before we move on. Because you have a the GG... Oh, G-G-O-B-E. Now, these yeah, yeah. are the biological detox foods. They're very important. These are all high-sulfur foods. G-G-O-B-E stands for garlic, ginger, onions, brassica sprouts. That's broccoli sprouts. Now, all sprouts are good, but broccoli sprouts are particularly good. And eggs. And when I say eggs, I really mean duck, goose, and quail eggs because to find a biodynamic chicken egg is hard but you can trust a biodynamic chicken. I'm not even sure you can trust an organic chicken. You should see what they do to the poor chickens. Um, so whole foods, yes. Uh, sulfur-rich foods, garlic, ginger, onions, brassica, sprouts, and eggs. And these are the biological detox foods. They're also high in fiber that binds toxins in your intestines. They help with your methylation. They help get the bad stuff out, and they help preserve the good stuff inside. This episode of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast was sponsored today by Leaner Creamer. Let me tell you a little about Leaner Creamer. Leaner Creamer is a non-dairy superfood creamer formulated with a hint of sweet cream and infusion of all natural herbs in order to boost your energy, decrease your appetite, and make you feel energized. The natural and healthy active ingredients for Leaner Creamer include a coconut oil base with an all-natural blend of citrus and rantium and hoodia and green tea extract. Try it with your favorite coffee, tea, smoothies, and you can even use it in creative recipes that call for a creamer. Leaner Creamer's mission is clean up the way people drink coffee. It's our mission to revolutionize the cherished ritual of coffee and drinking tea. Now... We all know that getting into the best shape of your life is a struggle, which is something a lot of people are oblivious about when they start their weight loss journey. Getting lean takes time and progress and can be slow, but the results will be well worth the wait. When it comes to coffee, many people need to add sweetener to improve the bitter taste. However, adding all that cream and sugar into your cup of coffee isn't going to do you any favors especially when you're trying to cut down on your weight. That's where Leaner Creamer comes into the picture, as our extensive range of healthy sugar-free coffee creamers do not have any fattening ingredients. 
That means you can get leaner by adding our creamer into your morning cup of coffee to kickstart your day. A leaner and fitter you starts with your coffee creamer, leaner creamer. We understand the value of good nutrition and maintain an uncompromising commitment to promoting health and delivering quality. That's why we offer some of the best coffee creamers in the market. They'll transform your average morning cup of joe into one that is delicious, fat-free, and even helps you burn calories. You can choose our keto-friendly coffee creamer that's not only tasty, but it also will fit into your lifestyle easily as well. Don't wait around. Get leaner creamer today. Check out our extensive range of the best coffee creamers you can get your hands on today. LeanerCreamer.com Use discount code REBEL15 at checkout and save yourself some cash along the way. Leaner Creamer Coffee's new BFF with functional supplements, natural coconut oil, lactose-free, sugar-free, and no artificial junk. Get your leaner creamer today. Now, this next one, uh, which is pH, we discussed this in the in the episode you were on about healing our bodies the alkaline way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's go into that one and how to keep that one down as well, please. Right, right, right. So there's a, a again the a goal range is six and a half to seven and a half. And I should explain that overnight, while you rest, the fluid in the bladder equilibrates with the lining cells of the bladder. So one time of the day, that is the first urine after six or more hours of rest, tells you whether those cells have too much acid that they're trying to get rid of, because they would die if they didn't get rid of the acid. Okay. And what it really means is that you don't have enough magnesium. And the connection is the following. Inside every cell, the battery, the mitochondria, gives energy and acid. Healthy cells have lots of magnesium. And the magnesium chaperones the acid out, keeps the buffer strength in the cell, which means you can translate the DNA accurately without mistakes. It means that ATP, the energy molecule of the body, requires one molecule of magnesium for every ATP for the ATP to be active. So if you know that ATP is important, and most people today do know that it is important, then you have to enhance the uptake and retention of magnesium. And this is an area we have pioneered. You can take two capsules of magnesium salts, that's 220 milligrams of elemental magnesium with a teaspoon of choline citrate, and you take two doses a day if your pH is between six and a half and seven and a half. It's a logarithmic unit, so a little bit lower than six and a half means a lot of difference at the cellular level. So every half pH unit adds a dose a day. Okay. And you'd be surprised how many people stay at six or five and a half for a while because they have been accumulating magnesium cellular deficit for years or decades. <laughs> and my colleague, Ron Eileen, about 15 years ago, published about chronic 
magnesium deficit or chronic latent magnesium deficiency, CLMD is the acronym for those who like acronyms. But chronic latent magnesium deficiency means that your serum magnesium is in the lower half of the lab range, whereas healthy people have serum magnesium in the upper half of the serum range. So the the easily available serum test for magnesium, which is rarely done, but can be added, can be done. You can do calcium, but you should do ionized calcium. And if you do ionized calcium, you should do magnesium because calcium says, go, go, go. Okay. Magnesium says, ah, chill. Well, you need both. You need some get up and go, and you need some take a deep breath and you know smell the roses. So magnesium balances calcium, but it's hard to get in, tends to run out as fast as it gets in. We have pioneered the enhanced uptake and chaperone delivery or enriched delivery of retention of cellular magnesium so that the cells can recharge and people can get back to having vitality. Right, and uh, you, I've been using your since we had that last discussion on episode seventy-one. I've been you, I switched to the Perk magnesium and yeah, the, Perk Mag Plus card. Yep, yep, yep. And, and I've and, noticed a and, lot of difference. Oh, thank you. We have had that spontaneous report from many colleagues, from many people who have tried all the other ones. We have pioneered not just. The, the, the most bioavailable forms of magnesium, but the enhanced uptake through neutral pores because little tiny nano droplets form when you take the choline citrate at the same time. Right. And the choline citrate was a, that actually, I think the combo is actually amazing. The combo. And that's right. what it is because you need choline. Choline makes acetylcholine so your brain works better. It makes cholinergic bile salts so your liver and bile are more uh, fluid and better. Uh, and then choline balances out inositol at cell membrane. So it actually does a lot of things. And the citrate form energizes and alkalinizes the battery, the mitochondrial part of okay. the cell, which is also responsible for detoxification. The, the physiology is it's a little complicated, but it's a fascinating world to explore. Yep. How, what is the measurements on the pH again? Right, right. Healthy range is 6.5 to 7.5. And this is easy to test. Easy to test, less than a dollar a day. You get this uh, roll of paper. Uh, men generally pee directly on it. Some people use a clean cup and dip the paper in the fluid. And you see if it is uh, green, then you're in the 6.5 to 7.5 range. If it's sandy colored, you're too acid, you lack magnesium, you need more than two doses a day. And I'm going to recommend highly sensitive pH paper strips. Oh, not yes, thank you. No, no, it's, it goes from pH 5 to pH 8, right. not from 0 to 12. You want the high sensitivity pH 5 to 8, which we make available, but you can get through a pharmacy. And yes, that high sensitivity is what helps you distinguish and keep a log on a daily basis. And what most, almost everyone reports that on the days when they're more alkaline, which means they're in the 6.5 to 7.5 healthier range, those are the days they're more productive, they're less symptomatic, they're more resilient, they're better to their uh, relationships and so forth. And the days when they're more acidic are the days when the opposite is true. And the other thing is, this is must be after six hours of sleep. 
Yes, you have to equilibrate the fluid in the bladder with the cells that line the GU tract. And that takes about six hours. Now, you can get up during that time and go to the bathroom. You just can't get up and go to the kitchen or the gym. Cause you, yeah, right. Cause I, I thought about that when I first started doing it. I'm like, well, shoot, I got up in the middle of the night and went no, to the no, bathroom. No, no, that's okay. It right. doesn't, it doesn't void the process, but you don't need to measure the ones in the middle of the night because that'll get you up more. You get up, do your business, and go back to bed. All right, this one kind of falls along with magnesium because magnesium is needed to activate vitamin D. No, absolutely. It turns out almost all of biology is like a network or a tapestry and you need all the threads woven together at the same time. Now, with regard to vitamin D, and here I've learned from Dr. Michael Hollick, known as Dr. Sunshine, that you want your healthy vitamin D level to be 50 to 80. That's nanograms per ml. Uh, Most Americans are well below 30. And that dramatically increases risk of cancer, risk of cardiovascular disease, risk of diabetes, risk of Alzheimer's, which is really diabetes of the brain, at least that's what a lot of people now think, uh, and many other uh, risks. So for almost all people, we need more vitamin D than we get. Yes, you get some from the sun, but even if you're a lifeguard on Tel Aviv Beach, you probably will need a supplement. Now, One of the other things I learned from Dr. Hollick is that many millions of Americans have enough digestive problems that they don't absorb vitamin D from their gut. So for them, we develop drops under the tongue that you take before swallowing. I currently take 10 drops twice a day. That's 5,000 units twice a day, total of 10,000 a day. And that keeps my vitamin D level in the 50 to 80 range. Now, some people will need less. A few people will need more. The nice thing about vitamin D testing is that after only a month, the neurohormone, because it's called vitamin D, but it's really a neurohormone, the neurohormone levels change quite quickly. Okay. So we suggest supplementing, maybe start with two to 3,000 units a day for one month and then repeat the vitamin D level. It's 25-hydroxy-D. There are many different forms of vitamin D, but the one to measure is 25-hydroxy-D. And it should be in the 50 to 80 range. If it's not increased, the drops under the tongue and then repeat in a month uh, and, get, and take enough orally to get your vitamin D level into the 50 to 80 range. And that's all. The drops are available through Perk also as well. Oh, yes. It's called Perk D3 Cell Guard. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Because I have that on my toolbox through the Perk supplements. Yes. Yes. Excellent. That's under my toolbox on my website. And uh, I enjoy those as well. And like I said, it's a hormone. It's a the neurohormone. Right. Basically, vitamin D has two arms, and what it likes is to snuggle in between two cells and reach between the two cells and say, "Thank you. We have just enough of you. Not too many. Not too few. Stop dividing until a space opens up, and then the cell then the cell is told to divide. So it regulates cell turnover and cell growth. It regulates nerve function. That's why it's a neurohormone. We call it vitamin D, but it's a lot more. And one of the things that I find interesting is that along with vitamin D being, most people walk around on the low end, probably about 85 to 90%. Oh, yes. In fact, it is so common that some science writer in the New York Times said, don't even test vitamin D. It is normal to be low. Now, here, the word normal is a statistical term. So it's common to be low, 
Therefore, why test everybody's love? Right. No. Deficient is deficient. Sufficient is sufficient. Excess is excess. Sufficient is what we want. Enough is what we want. 50 to 80. The average American below 30 or below 20 is really at major risk of major chronic disease um, and is, is, is in the prodrome phase. It's either incubating it or has it. And it's not the only thing to do, but one of the many essential things for long-term health is to get your vitamin D into the 50 to 80 range and keep it there. Exactly. And I think along with that, is, uh, and, and magnesium is not one of your eight biomarkers, but I see that... No, no, but the pH gets you yep. the magnesium right. very quickly. <laughs> yep. and so, and, but I mean, most people are deficient in vitamin D and magnesium. Oh, yes. Because oh, they yes. kind of go you, hand in you, hand. If you yes, if you stood on the street corner of every place in America handing out magnesium and vitamin D and choline citrate, you would be doing them a great service. And if you added some vitamin C and B complex, even more. So yes, we have developed a culture of deficit and deprivation, and we are spending three trillion dollars a year, much of it because of these deprivations and deficits that are correctable. And the good news. You can go into remission. No part of you or me is more than 10 years old, and that's the bones. Seven years is about the time for large blood vessels and joints. So this notion that we wear out is wrong. But if you you have too much of the bad stuff, too much of the toxic matter, and you don't replace the essential things that your body must take in, it cannot make them, then you say, oh, I'm feeling old today. And I'm saying that my functional age is half of my birth certificate age. And I plan to keep it that way for at least the next 40 plus years. And I think you've heard me say this, but I plan to be dancing at 120 with my friends around. So I want to save other people's lives as well as my own and my family. I want to come to that party. You're, you're invited. Okay. Now, let's, uh, let me ask you this, though, because I, I get this question a lot. Is there a way to increase magnesium and vitamin D? Through food sources? Well, you can take a high magnesium diet. I certainly recommend that. That means seeds, nuts, sprouts. Okay. Uh, Some mushrooms, depending on how you grow them, can be magnesium rich. Um, Certain foods like lentils, certain other foods like super dark chocolate, I mean, more than 80% cacao dark chocolate. It's it's dark chocolate to the point where it's bitter enough that it's hard to overeat. Right. But if you let a little, if you let a little of that just slowly melt on your tongue, you can get a lot of chocolate satisfaction out of a small piece. So there are magnesium-rich foods. The problem is that most people are producing net extra acid faster than they can take in magnesium from their diet. Okay. So yes, good nutrition begins in the kitchen or in the cooking pot, as Beatrice Trump Hunter used to say. And we want you to be on a magnesium-rich diet, like the DASH diet. And I will tell you for full disclosure that after two years on this magnesium-rich and supplemented diet, people had a small but significant reduction in blood pressure. Wow. And I'm telling you that the combination of what we're talking about, perk mag plus garden, perk combing citrate, we have seen changes from 155 over 125 to 108 over 75 in just a week. That's amazing. Unprecedented and globally patented. It's interesting because when I, 
have clients that aren't sleeping well. And that's another subject that I would love to do a podcast with you on. Yes, sleep. that's a whole subject. I'd yes, that's a whole how, subject. How to, how, to do, how to get restorative sleep by preparing for a transition from the activity of the day to uh, sleep induction. Uh, what supplements are safer and which are not? Uh, what would a smart person do and what would a naive person be gullibly led to do? But I think that's worthy of a, of a separate conversation. That's exactly. But I, I have a tendency to, I mean, one of the things I'd look at is their magnesium levels in their, and their pH levels. Yes. Because if, if you are low in magnesium, you're not going to get into that rest and digest state. That's right. As easy. That's well said. You're not going to get into that rest and digest state. And by the way, you should eat most of your food middle of the day. In the evenings, a small handful of nuts or sprouts or a, a whole fruit, maybe a date or two. You should not be overeating shortly before laying down to go to bed. Almost everyone knows that. Right, but they don't us, do it. <laughs> well, that's right. Most of us kind of skip lunch. We're ravenously hungry by dinner. And my recommendation, and we'll talk more about this some other time, but my recommendation is start every meal with something wet and warm. And before every meal, stretch. Just for a few minutes. Take some deep breaths and stretch. Nice. And then when you're half full, when you've eaten about half as much as you want, stop and spend a couple of minutes being grateful for the fact that you've had food, because not everyone in the world does. And then if you want some more, you can have it. But the way I have chosen to live, and the way that makes me feel best, is I have liquids in the morning, I have my main meal in the middle of the day, and then I will have little snacks at night. And yes, in the middle of the night, when I get up, Whatever is the worst thing in the house, that's what I'm going to have. <laughs> so I don't bring in the things that will tempt me. If the worst thing in my house is a cashew, <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm not that far off. Now, cashews are a seed, not a nut, but we'll get to that another time. But you can toast these. You can put them in salads. There are lots of ways of eating healthier and whole to improve digestion, restore the microbiome so that your metabolism metabolome are, are harmonized. Yeah, I've switched over to that. I've taken away my dinner and around three o'clock, I'll have a large lunch. Okay. And I've switched that beginning of the year. So I'm noticing a lot of difference. So I go from, yeah, and it's, it made a lot of difference on how I feel. Yes, sir. And the research supports, now this is not for everyone, but the research supports that for healthier people, eat your calories within six hours, six hours you choose, and the other 18 hours, let your body rest and digest. I hope that you are enjoying today's episode of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I am taking a minute to interrupt the show. Sorry about that but I need to do some general housekeeping for the new year. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you frustrated you can't lose weight no matter what you do? Are you tired of taking handfuls of medications every day and still feel horrible and tired? Is that you? Well, then I have 
four open spots available for the first quarter of 2020. And all you have to do is book a free 20-minute consultation with me to discuss yourself, what your issues are, and we can talk about if I can help you. So all you need to do to book that 20-minute consultation is go to my website, www.thomunderwood.net, tomunderwood.net, and go to services at the top, scroll to the bottom of the page, click the link, and schedule a free 20-minute consultation with me to talk about you and to see if I can help you and also to see if we're a good fit. Let me help you get off that roller coaster Get off that hamster wheel and lose the weight and feel optimal in 2020. Thank you and enjoy the remainder of this show. All right, let's move on to the omega-3. We have two left. We have two left. Omega-3 index. This is Bill Harris's measure of omega-3 to omega-6. It can be done on a blood spot or it can be done on a blood sample. You generally send it to his lab or a reference lab that uses his method, and it comes back with a percent. And you want it to be more than 8%. Okay. And I'll tell a quick little story, but my colleague, Patty Doister, had him at her lab in Bethesda, Maryland. And he was saying to Patty, it's hard to get people who have enough omega-3 And Patty points at me, he takes out a little lancet, he takes a blood sample, and he reports that my level, my omega-3 ratio is 13%. And I said, well, I know that's bigger than 8 or greater than 8. Is it better than 8? He said, there aren't enough people that are at 13. We think it's better, but he's a good and honest scientist. And I said, if there's anyone that gets higher than me, let me know. And there's a young teenager who is doing exactly what his mom says, and his was 13.5%. So you can go above that. But you definitely want it to be more than eight because almost everyone in this country who eats an American kind of diet, even a healthier American diet, you get too much omega-6 from processing of oils and processing of foods, too little of omega-3. It should be four to one. It can be 30 to 60 to 1 in favor of omega-6 if you're on a standard American diet. Remember, standard American diet is sad. Standard American diet is a sad diet. So we want to increase the omega-3 in our diet with supplements and foods. That means fatty fish and related. Yes, you can get omega-3 from algae and krill, but leave the poor krill alone and algae give you only one form. You need both, EPA and DHA. Not the precursor because the conversion doesn't happen in most people. You need the active EPA and DHA. And from my point of view, they must be distilled under nitrogen because the fish oil Mm -hmm. from which they come uh, has some toxic metal and some other schmutz toxic matter in it. But if you distill it under nitrogen, you can get a fraction that is rich in EPA, DHA, and free from the contaminants. And then if you mycelize that into a soft gel, you have a high uptake omega-3. I recommend between 3 and 8 grams a day of omega-3. Barry Sears now recommends 15 grams a day. And you want it in both EPA and DHA. 
DHA for brain and body, EPA for body and brain. You need them both. Okay. And so this is basically coming not just from refined vegetable oils, also but edible oils as well then, your processed foods. Well, yes. What I'm saying is no edible oils, discontinue all edible oils, have naked salads that you might put edible flowers in, or you might put herbal sea salt in, or some drops of balsamic vinegar, uh, some fresh ground black pepper, some other herbs. So my salads are naked. Okay. Edible oils actually covers a multitude of sins. When you separate the oil from the seed or the nut source, the protection is lost and air oxygen, oxidation, becomes your enemy. So my suggestion is cook with broth, cook with wine, cook in a tagine where the fluid comes from the food itself. You don't lose it in steam. And go back to healthier traditional ways using ceramic and stainless steel with copper clad or a wok that's made of cast iron. The base of my tagine is cast iron. The top is ceramic and pretty. Food should be fun to prepare, should be relatively easy. We have lots of ways from pressure cookers to special rice cookers to slow cookers uh, to blenders to immersion blenders. There are lots of ways of getting back to basics, to whole foods that you can digest, assimilate, and eliminate, get the toxins out and the good nutrients in. Okay. Okay. So omega-3, very important to change your oil. All right. Let's get into test number eight, which is... Yes. Yes. This is the least common in terms of general understanding. It's the measure of oxidative damage to DNA. It's called 8-oxoguanine. It's a urine test. It can be done on a spot urine specimen, which means the value is always per milligram creatinine. And you want less than 5 nanograms, whereas many people are up at 50 or 100. Nanograms of? Nanograms of 8-oxoguanine per milligram of creatinine. Creatinine. Okay. Yes, yes. See, a spot urine should always be referenced to how much creatinine is there because if it's more dilute or concentrated, you would get a false value. Okay. And this, so this is tested on a urine sample? Urine sample. It's okay. a urine sample. It's not even a 24-hour urine. It's a spot urine. So it's an easy sample for most people to obtain. Uh, you just have to remind the doctor how to spell 8-oxoguanine. And 8-oxoguanine... <laughs> and, and is something that comes from a lot of different things in our lifestyle. Well, but specifically, guanine is one of the four uh, members of the alphabet of the DNA. Okay. So this is and like so, personal so care products, damage. toxins. Oh, yes. Yes. There are five classes of things that are anti-nutrients that deplete the body of good stuff and enhance damage like we're talking about. And they are persisting organic pollutants known as hormone disruptors, then solvent residues, then toxic metals like lead, mercury, arsenic, nickel, and cadmium, uh, then mold products, and finally radioisotopes because Chernobyl and Fukushima happened. Right. Okay. Right. So you have the five classes that we're marinating in in the 21st century, and that's why you need to up your game of the essential nutrients, the foods that naturally detoxify like the GGOBE. You want to measure these eight predictive biomarkers because you want a personalized, proactive, predictive, primary prevention practice protocol 
to guide you to sustained lifelong good health. And I will invite any of the listeners who want to take up this challenge to follow this approach so they can join us when we're dancing at 120. Okay, where does one find this test? Yes, anoxoguanine is available from reference labs. For example, Mayo Clinic Lab, ARUP, Associated Research University Pathologist. Uh, The Nichols Institute of Quest. Now, Quest is a big network, but their Nichols Institute does the anoxoguanine. Um, so it's it's a generally available test that reference labs have available. You just have to ask for it. Okay. And you can get it through Better Lab Test now. You can get it uh, through our customer service at ElizaAct.com. Now, let's talk about ways to lower this value if it's high. Right. And what to do here when you... Right. Well, what to do is take in enough ascorbate which known is vitamin, vitamin C. C. Yes, known as vitamin C, but it's not really a vitamin, it's a substrate. So I'm going to call it ascorbate. Okay. You can call it vitamin C, just don't have it late for dinner. The natural form is L-ascorbate. It needs to be fully buffered and fully reduced, which means it needs to be produced naturally and under a nitrogen blanket. Okay. And that produces nature's form, which is the mother or maternal antioxidant that sacrifices herself that all the others can get protected and recycled. So it turns out the most important antioxidant to protect your DNA from oxidative damage is ascorbate. Okay. And the second most important is magnesium because magnesium is also a protective antioxidant in regard to essential fats and other DNA-like matters. So the repair components of the DNA, which are known as histones for the people who are technical, the repair elements depend upon magnesium activation and ascorbate protection. Okay. The next thing you can do is eat the foods that you can really digest, assimilate, and eliminate without immune burden following the LRA tests and plan, because that will have a detailed supplement recommendation, mind and body activities to evoke healing responses. And it is provided so that people can integrate all eight tests into a unified predictive biomarker plan, or they can start with the LRA tests and add others as they wish. Okay. Okay. You talked about a vitamin C cleanse. Yes. Yes. That's the next thing for us to talk about because how much much ascorbate, how much vitamin C? And we now know the answer. And the answer is every 15 minutes, you take anywhere from a gram and a half to six grams, anywhere from a half a teaspoon to two teaspoons every 15 minutes until you saturate the body because the ascorbate quickly comes into the bloodstream and circulates through the whole body. And once the body has as much ascorbate as it needs and wants at that moment in time, then your rectum fills with extra fluid and toxic matter and it comes out like a flush, like a whoosh, like a cleanse. Okay. So some people call it the sea cleanse. Some people call it the sea flush. I prefer to call it the sea cleanse because I want to get the bad stuff out and get the extra fluid out of my tissues so that I'm more nimble and able to stretch more. Okay. Is there a form of ascorbate that you would you recommend? Is that through PERC as well? Yes. PERC Potent Sea Guard. Potent Sea potent Guard. guard. Yes. It's a powder. You mix it in any water or liquid of your choice. 
You can add the choline citrate if you're going to take magnesium at the same time. And you use the liquid every 15 minutes to do the cleanse, but you use the same material throughout the week. And if it took, say, 10 grams to induce the cleanse, then we recommend half to three quarters of that spread through the day, which would be five to seven and a half grams. You could take that morning and evening easily. But what about the people who need 50 grams to cleanse? Therefore, they need 35 grams spread through the day. Well, once in the morning, you can take cold water, dissolve the perk potency guard in, say, a liter jug or a jogger's bottle, something with a cap that allows you to sip on it. And as long as you keep it sealed and you sip on it through the day, then you have an easy way to know I'm going to take 35 grams for the day by sipping on this liter or this quart of liquid. Okay. Okay. Now, there are other protective antioxidants, including B-complex, the full B-complex that includes PABA and some other uh, pantothenic acid, et cetera, and folate, of course. And then there are other minerals that you need. So you need a balance of zinc and copper. You need a balance of vanadium and chromium, of manganese and molybdenum, of iodine. Most people are actually deficient in iodine or iodide and don't know it. And people in Japan who eat a traditional diet could eat 100 or 500 times more iodine and iodide and never get toxicity. So the notion that the daily value that prevents you from having a deficiency disease is sufficient to keep you healthy is just not true. Okay. And so iodine and iodide, and then I didn't mention stable strontium and cobalt. You need a little bit of that too. <laughs> so there are macro and micro minerals. You need them all. But particularly, people need more magnesium, and men often need more zinc. And you know how much you need based on that urine pH in the morning. That gives you the indirect measure, but the equilibrated value of what's going on in the cells. Okay. And Albert Georgi, the guy who isolated ascorbate from Hungarian paprika, used to say that the human body is alkaline by function yet acidic by design. Hmm. And what he meant was you've got to take in the ascorbate from the outside because the body can't make it. We're one of the few species on the planet that can't turn sugar into vitamin C. And by the way, a lot of sugar craving is actually ascorbate deficiency. And when people follow the C-Cleanse routine and take as much ascorbate as they need, very often they find that their sugar craving goes away. Is there a link to the C-Cleanse routine somewhere? Oh, absolutely. If you look up Jaffe and C Cleanse online, okay. or, um, and I'll have Justin get this to you. There okay, is, good. There are several links that I don't have in front of me right now. Okay, okay. Do, and people can download this for free, of course, uh, from online. Okay, good. All right. Before we close out today, where can we find Dr. Russell Jaffe? Yes. Well, there is drrusselljaffe.com. Right. And if you're on YouTube, you can look up Dr. Russell Jaffe. Don't just put in Russell Jaffe because there's a poet. And he's a nice poet, but it's not me. Not this. Uh, but Dr. Russell Jaffe on YouTube or drrusselljaffe.com. Okay. For those who want more technical information, it's healthstudiescollegium.org. That's where our research is posted. But then you have betterlabtestnow.com, as we've talked about, a portal for consumers who want to be part of the consumer-driven health generation. 
And then ELISA Act, E-L-I-S-A-A-C-T, that's the lab that provides LRA tests, and PERC, P-E-R-Q-U-E.com, that provides the products. Now, we have also the PIH Academy, since we don't have enough to do. We certify colleagues from health coaches all the way to MD-PhDs. And what we do is once a month, we have a two-hour live session on a specific topic. We then archive that, and it's password protected. But last year's response was so uh, uh, above what we expected that we're continuing the PIH Academy this year. And we see a whole profession of health coaches and a whole profession of functional and integrative and patient-centered professionals emerging in this 21st century to deal with the challenges that are all around us and for which most of my colleagues and myself were ill-prepared, ill-trained, ill-equipped if you stop at the end of your residency. Yeah, I've been talking to Justin about that uh, academy on, on offline here on through email. So yeah, I hope you'll participate. I will I definitely participate. Great. It's a, I, I love your work and I love what Thank you're you. doing. And, and uh, you know, it's these are the eight markers that uh, can help us dance to 125. Yes, so. renewal is possible. The, the hope is possible. You do have to follow the physiology before pharmacology the rules of nature, nurture, and wholeness, uh, the rules of living in harmony with your nature. Uh, and yes, you renew every 10 years or less, but you know a 20, 40, 60, or 80-year-old should have slightly different arcs to their life at that point. And yes, I bounce out of bed in the morning after restorative sleep, but I used to be a night owl, and now I go to bed early and I get up early. So live in harmony with your nature. Follow these what I would call classic wisdom approaches and see what is left once you practice health rather than simply symptom reactive treatment. That's awesome. Dr. Jaffe, thank you so much again. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for the interest. And I would love to uh, have you back to talk about restorative sleep. And that's a good subject. And I, 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 I enjoy the conversations and I, I would be delighted. I to enjoy you too, them. my friend. Thanks. Before we go, we've talked about this in the past, is your music selection. If Dr. Jaffe has 35 to 40 minutes to kill, and I, we know that your mother was a musician. Yes, she was. What would you put on the radio or well, the record player I to listen start, to? I start most days, whether I'm in my hot tub or in a salt and soda bath, I started with Bobby McFerrin's 23rd song. Oh, nice. Then I go on to Amazing Grace, and I rotate through. There's Amazing Grace performed by a number of people. I particularly like Judy Collins. Hmm. Then I go to Morning Has Broken. Okay. Then if I'm, if I'm um, wanting to feel melancholy, I go to Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen. There's one I haven't heard in a while. Oh, very, very talented Cohen, man. His, Leonard Cohen, his Hallelujah. Leonard okay. Cohen, his If It Be Thy Will. Uh, Leonard Cohen, Who by Fire. Uh, he really was an amazing creative force, but polished performer. And if I'm looking for uplift, I'll go to Villa Lobos, Bacchianus Brasileiras, especially the number five, sung by Victoria de Los Angeles, a coloratura soprano. And the, the uh, composer heard her sing it and married it. Wow. Nice. Oh, yes. 
and they had a wonderful relationship. So I, I, it depends on, you know, if I'm feeling more hopeful, then I'll go to melancholy. And if I'm feeling a little bit blue or the day is overcast, then I'll go to Villalobos or Mozart or Bach or Madrigals. There is much of music that is psychoactive. There's much oh, of absolutely. music that is meant to, to calm and soothe and reduce our stress hormone levels and make us just nicer people. Um, so I think... Uh, oh, and by the way, I sprinkle in once a week music from a part of the world I don't come from. Okay, where's that? Well, for example, uh, certain ragas with the accompaniment of a tabla drum will put me into an altered state. And when I was a student of Dr. Mishra's, Rup Varma was his resident sitarist, and Nada Brahmananda was the tabla master. I wouldn't have known a raga you know, from a, from anything okay. when I was growing up. But there are, in every culture, music associated with harmony and healing. And I encourage people to explore because you might come upon an unusual form of music like gamelans, which are very common in Indonesia, that just speaks to your heart, that just calms your soul. And if so, Enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. All right, my friend. Thank you. And Bruce Springsteen is not bad. Not Bruce Springsteen is not bad. Uh, Born in the USA. Yes, sir. All right, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate you and much love. And you. And you. Much love. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.